Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. On any given day in America, 8,400 teens become sexually active. That's 1,115 teens have abortions every day. Did you hear me? 1,115 teens have an abortion every day. 3,000 teens get pregnant. 480 teens get a sexually transmitted disease. This year, 1.3 million teenage girls will become pregnant. 40% of them will end in abortion. 60% of those same girls will become pregnant again in two years. Economic distress, social distress, moral distress, and even though we're the strongest nation in the world, we can't solve these problems. And according to the Bible, listen, things are going to get worse. Jesus says before he comes, there will be distress of nations with perplexity. Now, if you're taking notes, you write this down. The word perplexity means unable to squeeze through. No way out. National problems without solution or nations will find themselves in a gridlock and complications in the political world. And what's really interesting, and you know this, no matter what happens in the entire world, everyone's attention always comes back to Israel, Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount. We just came from Israel, I don't know, three weeks ago. And, and, And all the world's attention comes back to Israel. Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. And it's very interesting because Israel, there's no natural resources in Israel. No gold, no silver, no oil, no diamonds. At the same time, Israel is a diamond-cutting capital of the world. And yet no diamonds are there and no diamond mines. We're talking about dirt. And the Temple Mount is a rocky mound of dirt. And everybody wants the dirt. Isn't that interesting? For the Muslims, the holy day is Friday. Saturday is a Jewish holy day. Sunday is a Christian holy day. And everybody wants the hill. And there's nothing on the hill but conviction in men's hearts. And no matter how hard you try, you cannot negotiate conviction. Did you hear me? No matter how hard you try, you cannot negotiate conviction. You can negotiate nuclear arms. You can negotiate uh, weapons of warfare. You can't negotiate Jesus Christ. No, somebody didn't hear me. You cannot negotiate Jesus Christ. I'm going to wait. You cannot negotiate Allah. You cannot negotiate Yahweh. It will never happen. The Temple Mount is very perplexing. And the UN, my friend in Israel, he's a tour guide, he calls it the United Nothing. 
He says that there, there's nothing. They can't help. They can't negotiate. It's perplexing. Look at verse 25 in your Bibles. And because of all this perplexity in the world, the sea will be affected. During the tribulation, that seven-year period, the sea and the waves will be roaring. It could be that because of a meteor might strike the earth. They say if a meteor struck the Atlantic Ocean, there will be tidal waves hundreds of feet high and that they would travel around the world. Signs in the sun could speak of intense heat. Revelation chapter 13, you might want to write that down, tells us the false prophet and the Antichrist will call down fire from heaven. Revelation chapter 11 tells us that two prophets are outside of Jerusalem and fire comes out of their mouth, no rain. And Revelation chapter 16 tells us that there will be 90-pound hailstones during the tribulation, 90-pound hailstones falling from the sky. Now, there are people, listen, who have no life, people who argue as whether this 90 pounds is the Greek measurement or the Hebrew measurement. One is 110 pounds, the other is 90 pounds. Listen. It doesn't matter. If one of them, it doesn't matter. If one of them falls on you, guess what? You're dead. I didn't say you're dead. I said you're dead. You're going to die. But people like to argue for no reason. The Bible tells us that men's hearts will be failing them for fear. It's the only time in the Bible, get this, that this phrase is used in the entire Bible. The men's hearts will be failing them for fear. Failing means to stop breathing. In other words, during the tribulation, men will be dropping dead. Their hearts will stop because of the things that are coming upon this earth. In verse 26, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now notice in verse, in Matthew, you write this down. In Matthew 24, talking about the second coming, Jesus tells us that he's there on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately and they asked him to tell them what the sign of his coming would be. And in Matthew 24, 4 through 8, Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. And you'll see that, see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the, what saints? Beginnings of sorrow. The deception of the false messiahs during the, before the second coming of Jesus. Deceptions of false messiahs. Jesus said, keep your eyes open and don't let anybody deceive you because there will be many make-believe wackos. I call them Emmanuel imposters, counterfeit Christ who will come saying that they are the Christ. And there'll be devastation of war. In other words, there will be a continual turmoil among the nations, continual news about war and rumors of war. You know, there was a guy by the name of William Durant, and he was a writer and a philosopher. And he wrote that in the last 3,421 years of recorded history, only 268 years have seen no war. Of 3,000 plus years in the world's history, only 268 years have seen no war on the planet. The destruction of natural disasters, Jesus talks about. Wars and famines go together. We see famine around the world. Did you know that half the children in the world go to bed hungry? 
10,000 people die today of starvation. While we sit down at dinner, 400 people will starve to death. In the U.S., we throw enough food away to feed a family of six in India. Pestilence. We have the AIDS epidemic. Earthquakes. According to the United States Geological Survey, earthquakes are increasing. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 17 says, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell on the earth. And then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, and every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Isn't that a paradox? Have you ever seen a wrathful lamb? You ever seen a, you ever seen a sign posted, beware of lamb? I mean, think about it. It's kind of like, you know, Lambo. Sorry, that was my only one today. That's it. It's it. It's it. It's it. It's it. Calm down. But the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? These are the beginnings of sorrows. We haven't gotten into the tribulation yet. All of these things will culminate during the tribulation. The word sorrow can be translated birth pangs. Ladies, you know what that is, don't you? Birth pangs. One lady said, mm-hmm, that must have been a toughie for you, huh? Was it bad, sweetie? You all right? She said, mm-hmm. Birth pains, you know what they're all about. I mean, you know how they are. I think birth pains, I was telling them second service, birth pains for guys, you know, like labor for ladies, birth pains for guys would be like, like, like appendicitis, like a bad appendicitis, like an infection appendicitis. Is that right, ladies? Nope. That's what they said in the last service. They went, uh-uh, uh-uh, or, or, or kidney stones. More like kidney stones? Still no? What would it be like, ladies? Undescribable? It just hurts. This is preg- a pregnant mom sitting here going, it hurts. It just hurts. Well, that's a good description. It just hurts. But the, but the pain, you know these Braxton Hicks, they call them. The labor starts, and it starts with light pain, and then it gets a little stronger and a little stronger, a little more intense, and your timing and your breathing and the pains are getting closer, and then you're off to the hospital, and you're breathing and beating your husband, and when it's time to deliver, the baby is one big pain. And by the way, that doesn't change. There are always one big pain. They graduate, you give them luggage. The pain leaves, the pain comes back. Where my parents at? Where my people at? Where where my people at? Just one big pain. It's just over and over and over. And then someone, ladies, you know this, then after you had all this pain, I remember, (laughs) it ain't funny, but I shouldn't be, but my wife's not here, so y'all don't tell her I'm telling you this. But I remember when she had Ronnie Jr. 
my son, you know, the guy that fills up the cage right here. This is my son right here. And, uh, and so Rodney, she had Rodney Jr. And after she had that boy, I told you all this story. After she had that boy, because Rodney was 10 pounds, some odd ounces when he was born. 23 and a quarter inches long. I was in the, in the, in the ER or the delivery room. And, uh, and I remember, this is probably way too much information, but I, I, I remember him coming out, and he is so long. You see how tall he is right now. He, is so, he just kept coming and coming. And <laughs> he did just like... <laughs> he was like a super long baby, and he was really, really big. And Elvira, that poor woman, I got to give it up for that sister. She, she did it with no meds, too, y'all. You need to clap your hands like you mean it. She, she, did, no, she did with no meds. She was pushing. When she was done delivering Rodney Jr., she looked like she'd been in a fight. Her eyes were black. I matter of fact, when I seen her, I said, baby. I said, he is so cute. I said, you look bad. I said, you look like you've been in a fight. Her eyes about popping out of her head. She looked like she'd been in a fight. And then after you give birth to this baby, what happened? Somebody, like, hours later, the next day, now when are we going to have another one? And you go, get away from me. And then a couple of years later, we're going to have another one. Well, you know, we thinking about it. You know why? You, yeah, yeah, you, you forget. But, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. It's the joy that follows the pain. And the Bible tells us, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross or he endured the pain because he knew what it would bring. The joy of your salvation. The joy of my salvation. Are you with me? And so he endured. So Jesus is saying everything that he just mentioned are labor pains. The world is laboring right now, wanting to give birth to the kingdom. Now, according to Daniel, you write this down. According to Daniel chapter 9 and 12, the Antichrist is going to come on the scene. And he's going to bring peace to the Middle East. And the Jewish people will love him. And he will help them build their temple, and they will return to temple worship. But midpoint of the tribulation, the tribulation is seven years. Midpoint at the three and a half year mark, he will break his covenant with Israel, and he himself will go into the temple and desecrate and divide and violate the temple. And this is called in the Bible, the abomination of desolation. Or you can look at it like this, the abomination which causes desolation. And at this time, the Antichrist is going to proclaim himself to be God and force every man, woman, boy, and girl to worship the image and take the mark of the beast. The number is, anybody know? 666. And if you take the mark or the seal, uh, that mark, you will seal your fate. And if you don't take the mark, you won't be able to buy or sell or get a job. In other words, the Antichrist is going to usher in a cashless society. Now listen, I believe, look at me, give me your attention. I believe the world is being massaged and prepped for the mark that every individual is going to be forced to take or not take and receive death. I believe we're being prepped psychologically. What you talking about, Willis? I'm talking about like tattooing. And don't get me wrong. I don't think tattooing is evil in and of itself. But I do think 
Because I've seen some nice ones. I mean, I've seen, I'm, I have a friend just really got one. He just got one. I really, really, really like it. I think it's really nice. But, and, and I don't have any. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and ladies, don't y'all be getting one. I'm your pastor. I'm just trying to help you now. Don't be getting one in the wrong place. Hallelujah. Amen. But the world is being massaged. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But I think that, the, you know, the tattooing thing, well, you know, okay, so the Antichrist is going to say you need to take the mark. And, and if the world has been massaged into thinking and philosophy into thinking that there's nothing wrong with taking a mark or some mark on your skin, okay, fine, give me the mark. Well, same thing with uh, plastic surgery and Botox. No big deal. You know, no big deal to alter the appearance. The world is being set up for a cashless society. I mean, think about that. The banking industry has been pushing hard for a cashless culture for years because writing a check is more, um, costs more than an electronic transfer. Small businesses w- will welcome a cashless culture because they lose multiply millions of dollars every year from employees who steal from the cash register. Uncle Sam and the IRS is pushing for a cashless culture because the government loses an estimated $1 trillion a year in taxes in what they call the underground economy, people using cash to avoid paying taxes. The law enforcement agencies are pushing for a cashless culture. Why? Because this will eliminate ATM robberies and store holdups. A cashless culture will render a death blow to the drug culture. Did you know that drug dealers don't take checks or credit cards? If you knew that, wave at me. I just want to know where my people at. All right, some of y'all didn't know that. Did you ask them? Some of y'all are like, yeah. But, 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 but the cashless culture will deal a death blow. The only way to get rid of drug trade is to get rid of cash. Visa has more than 200 million credit cards and debit cards issued worldwide. The military is now using the MARC card. MARC, M-A-R-C. Card stands for Multi-Technology Automated Reader Card. This card has a chip in it. With all personal and financial information, birth date, branch of service, dental records, job, rank, MOS on every chip. This card will allow you to be tracked wherever you are in the world. So if you are a POW, you can be located by satellite within seconds. Sisters, brothers, my friends, listen, we're not talking about the future. We're talking about now. These things are in place now. Applied Digital Solutions has developed a chip known as the Digital Angel. The biocomputer chip is made from living protein and is implanted in the body. We have a GPS and OnStar. This isn't the future. This is now. It's estimated that everything that moves in the U.S., aircrafts, boats, ships, cars, bikes, trains, etc., will have the ability to be tracked. Did you know? That in California, there's an initiative to implant a chip in every convicted criminal. Then you'll always be able to find them and you can pinpoint their location. And wouldn't this just be great for your children? I mean, think about that. Where you at right now? Oh, I'm over friends. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Uh-uh, you better get away from that boy. Or, on a serious note, wouldn't it be great for children if every parent, because it's every parent's nightmare to have their child kidnapped, and what 
parent wouldn't want the chip to protect their child from predators. People will welcome this. What I'm telling you is that the technology is done and the psychology is in place. During the tribulation, everybody will take the mark. And the mark of the beast, whatever that mark is on your hands or on your forehead, you will use it for no more carrying credit cards. No more losing your wallet. Losing the credit cards. I'm telling you that the world's going to welcome this because this is going to make sense. I don't, I'm going to lose my wallet anymore. lose my credit cards. You lose your credit cards. You got to call people and cancel and people are using your car and, and, and credit card fraud and theft. Oh, this is the answer. And everybody's going to receive it. And so you take your mark. And you don't have to carry a wallet again. So you go over to Harris Theater. Get you some chicken. You don't need no cash, just run your head over the scanner. <laughs> you know, get some, you know, get this little chicken, just go, whoop. <laughs> One chicken purchased. <laughs> or you go to the drive-up at the drive-up. Through. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> at the drive-thru and you order you a burger and they just scan, you know, they got a little, little scanner thing. You just run your head or shoot. You want some extra bacon? Scan again. You want a bigger your fries? Scan again. Shoot. It will just make sense. The world will welcome this. Listen, I tell you all that to tell you this. The, if the Lord doesn't come for a hundred years, we are closer to his return than any other generation that ever lived. Is that the best clapping y'all can do? And, and here's why I say that, because 20 years ago, this technology wasn't in place. It wasn't possible. So people have been saying the Lord's going to come, the Lord's going to come, the Lord's going to come, the Lord's going to come. Well, we have signs and things that we have to see that are put in place before the coming of the Lord. So now we can confidently say we know the Lord's going to come. That's why in the second coming, that's why I can confidently say that we could be raptured at any moment because the rapture precedes the second coming. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It precedes the second. We can be raptured at any moment. Jesus could come at any moment, any time, and we need to be ready for his return. Jesus said in verse 28, go ahead and look at it in your Bibles, when these things begin to happen with intensity and in frequency, don't hang your head and don't get discouraged and don't look down, but look up because your redemption draws near or literally your redemption is standing at the door. You see, your knowledge of something should affect the way you live. Can I get an amen there? Your knowledge of something should affect the way you live. So when you find out, for example, that your driver's license has just expired, all of a sudden you become a good Christian driver. (laughs) Tell the truth, you in church. Uh Uh-huh. You become a good Christian driver. Why? Because your license has expired and it has an effect on you. Girls, if you know your boyfriend's coming to pick you up, your knowledge causes you to act a certain way and to get your hair did. Yes. Fellas, if you know your girlfriend's coming over, you finally take a shower. Yes. Your knowledge of a certain thing affects the way that you live. When you know the Lord is coming back, it has an effect on you. You will walk with a degree of purity and holiness and an expectation of his return. 1 John 3, 3. And everyone who has this hope 
what hope? The hope of the second coming in him purifies himself just as he is pure. The hope that Jesus is going to come soon. If you're expecting the rapture to happen at any moment, listen, there's places that you might go that you won't go because you don't want to be raptured from that location. Where my people at? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You don't want me raptured from that location. How you look? God took you out of the club. That don't look right. You get before the Lord. I'm going to let you in. But you ain't had no business in that club. I mean, you're going to get raptured. You're a Christian. Okay, fine. Your knowledge of something has an effect on you. I wonder, here's my question. I come in for a landing right here. My question to you is your knowledge now of the second coming of Jesus, what effect has this sermon had on you? Are you ready for his return? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.